to Geeksploration, the podcast, where we won't sell you any delicious cookies, but we will try to get you to buy some shitty popcorn. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. If you know what a totem shit and a fireman shit is, then you probably know we're talking Boy Scouts. So what is a totin' shit and a fireman's shit? <laughs> well, fireman's shit happens in the toilet at your local fire station. Uh, no, a, uh, uh, so totin' shit and fireman's shit were the badges, or not badges, but the uh, certifications you had to earn in order to use uh, knives and light fires, respectively. And this was in Boy Scouts? Yeah, yeah. You didn't, uh, you didn't earn those there, John? <laughs> no. <laughs> you'll you'll find throughout this episode there is a lot of Boy Scout stuff that you that you got to do that I did not do. Yeah, no, th- that came in useful when I was, uh, geez, probably twelve. I was uh, walking around my neighborhood going to garage sales, and the guy had a big ass machete for sale for like two bucks. And I uh, went up to try and buy it, and he's like, "I don't know, you're twelve. And I was like, "I've got my tote and shit." And he was like, "Oh." Okay, sure. <laughs> sold me a goddamn machete. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, shit. The first of many times where, where being a, a good scout came in handy for you. Yeah, yeah. So the two of us, we were, uh, we were both raised in the scouting programs, um, but I think our experience differed quite a bit. Um, you, uh, as I know and other people don't, you are an Eagle Scout. I am. Yeah. How old were you when you got that? Eight like days before my 18th birthday. Oh, it was like shit. just under the line. Oh, you were right there. Oh, yeah. I procrastinated on a lot of stuff until it really became necessary. I'd believe uh, it. A theme that uh, served me well throughout my life. <laughs> what did you do your, your Eagle project for? Because I don't remember being around for that. So, you know, the um, aquatic center, the CSUS aquatic center down there by uh, the, Nim- the fish hatchery. Yes. Very local information. Uh, thankfully, I think everyone that listens to this is somewhere around here. <laughs> um, but I kind of replanted, uh, like re-landscaped and planted a bunch of the uh, the entry to the parking lot there. Oh, cool. Yep. It's all very big now. It was all very tiny when we put it in, but uh, yeah, it's still there for the most part. Do you have a plaque? No, we didn't do a plaque. Boo. Nope, just did. I don't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not big on self-aggrandization. I didn't. I never had an Eagle Scout court, uh, court of honor either. Oh, that's right. I remember you telling me that. Yep, I elected not to because I didn't want a bunch of pomp and circumstance and people telling me how proud they were of me and all that BS. In fact, I think you may have mentioned that to all of our listeners in your interview episode. I may have. Yeah, it's possible. But you know, on that note, I do want you to know how very proud of you I am. So, Ben, do you remember the uh, the Scout Oath? I sure do. Can you recite that for me, or yeah. for for our listeners? I suppose I'm gonna. This is a this is a test. I've oh. got it in front of me because <laughs> I certainly didn't remember it. It all seems familiar, but yeah. On my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and my country, and to obey the Scout Law, to help other people at all times, to keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. That was 100 percent correct. Do you yeah. have your phone out over there? No, my phone's. I dead. can't see you. All right. Now, what about the scout law? Yeah, I know all 12 of them. A scout is what? 
Trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. Oh, were you counting? Because that was 11. Oh, did I miss one? You missed obedient, you son of a bitch. We are going to strip you of that Eagle Scout. Uh, I've never been a big fan of that one. We are also going to take that <laughs> tattoo off of your back. <laughs> oh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> You're like, I left obedient out on purpose. Yeah, fuck that one. Yeah, but you remembered reverent. Well, you got to end correctly, you know. You can't just <laughs> cut short. So I guess um, just a brief history. We're really not going to go in on the on the semi-convoluted history of, of Boy Scouts and how everybody inspired everybody else to do this. So what are we what are we saying? Early 20th century? Yeah, it was the 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 aughts. Yeah. The 19 aughts. Yeah. And, uh, Lord Baden-Powell started scouting for boys in England, kind of modeled off a number of different programs. Um, include, I, know, I know there was one in Germany called something or other. and uh, there Before was a, the Hitler Youth, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 pre-Hitler Youth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hitler would have would have been a youth himself at this point. Hey, I wonder yeah. if he was a product of that. Uh, he may have been. Oh, shit. But yeah, he started in England, and then it, you know, within a few years, I mean, it didn't take long, as if I recall correctly, that to kind of skip over the pond to America. And, Did you uh, say America? Like you're from uh, from Massachusetts? Do they say or, that in Massachusetts? Or from, uh, or from Rhode Island? Uh, say a America? Very, a very New England thing. Well, they they do that thing like uh like the British, where if a word ends on a vowel and the next one starts on a vowel, they add the R. They do? Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, I've always thought that's the weirdest shit. Yeah, like uh, it happens in like Family Guy. Like Peter Griffin will do that. Oh, I never noticed. Yeah, if you're saying like America is the greatest, America is the greatest. I don't think he does it every time, but weird. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't know any of us uh, Yanks did that, or any of us uh, Americans. Yeah, you you'd hear uh, like JFK would do that too. You know, uh, and he's a what Bostonian? Yeah, New England somewhere there. New, New Englander. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. The Englanders do it, so why wouldn't the New Englanders? Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it, it came over here and uh, became Boy Scouts of America. The BSA. Yep. Now I think they're still keeping the name, even though they're letting girls in. Yeah. It's still Boy Scouts, but I th- it, like the organization's called Boy Scouts of America, but I think they're just calling it Scouting now. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, do you think they should change their name to to uh, People Scouts of America? Yeah, or you know, the Scouts. Or <laughs> no, I was, I was talking to somebody <laughs> no, else not. about this. The girls are being led into Boy Scouts or the Boy Scouting program. Dudes can go into the Girl Scouts program. Like, can they? I I would imagine so. I don't think so. I think the Girl, Girl Scouts are rather pissed about the whole thing. Oh shit! Yeah, I think there's actually what a bunch of bigots. I think they're actually suing the Boy Scout the BSA for it right now because <laughs> they're diluting their their you know base. Well, I mean, they're killing Girl Scouts because Girl Scouts is boring and stupid, and all the girls want to be in Boy Scouts where they do fun <laughs> shit. My daughter's in, my my wife is a Girl Scout leader, and my daughter is in Girl Scouts, so she's she's not stoked on it either. I picked my daughter up at like they did the like a Girl Scout summer camp, and uh, man, there's some vitriol there that I wasn't aware of because Boy Scouts pretty much ignored Girl Scouts, like it never really came up. Yeah, but uh, man, they've got like camp songs about how Boy Scouts are dumb. <laughs> and stuff it was weird hell like, hath no fury like a little girl scorn yeah man like we were at summer camp and they did like a little performance before we picked them up and like half the songs were you know about how girl scouts were better than boy scouts and, and stuff. <laughs> it's like whoa this is uh i didn't know that this was this uh conflict was going on yeah 
chicks need to chill. I guess the one thing the Girl Scouts have going for them is what we mentioned in our oh, introduction yeah. is got, them cookies. God, they got cookies and they are good. So what is your favorite Girl Scout? I know we're talking about Boy Scouts, but you know, the, the conversation went to Girl Scout cookies. So I'm curious, what is your, what is your favorite or a top three? Give uh, me a ranking list. Oh, the, uh, no, it's, it's a clear winner. The, um, the peanut butter, uh, is it the peanut butter patty? The one yeah, covered in butter, chocolate? Peanut butter patties, also yeah. known as tagalongs. Yeah, tagalongs. Yeah, they stopped calling them that, though. They're just peanut butter patties now. Well, what it is, is there's two different, I don't know if it's a distributor or what. Like, you can still find tagalongs. I, I, I don't know if it's if it's a regional or what, but like, tagalongs still exist. Samoas or Caramel Delights still exist. Oh, they're just made by like a different company or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. You know, I remember somebody explaining it to me a couple of years ago because I, I saw a box of Tagalongs somewhere. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Are those super old? And they're like, oh, no, it's just some, you know, maybe it was like a, like an inner mess with the Girl Scouts and they split off from something. But I don't know for sure. I figured just people were too dumb. They were like, I want the uh, the, the, the peanut butter ones. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let's just call them peanut butter patties. Yeah. They're like, tag-alongs. would you like Tagalongs? They're like, is that the lemon cookie? Because it really doesn't describe it at all. Well, the lemon cookies are good too. Yeah, the lemon one, or which yeah. which ones? The ones with the powdered sugar, or the ones with like the shortbread, and then the lemon. No, the shortbread with like the lemon stuff below it. Yeah, yeah, like the hard yeah. lemon icing yeah. stuff. Oh, so good. Yeah, those are the shit. The lemonades they call them. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are How tasty. do you feel about uh, about the caramel delights? You don't like coconut, I don't like right? Coconut, so I dislike them. Oh man, that is. At my absolute favorite Girl Scout cookie. And Keebler actually puts out one that is really super good. I think they might be called Coconut Dreams. Hmm. I don't remember. I haven't had them in a long time, but it changed my life when I found them back in back in those days. Yeah, no, nah, don't like coconut. I remember one time me and some buddies years ago made, uh, they, they had Samoa Girl Scout ice cream. And we made Samoan Girl Scout rum shakes. And they were delicious. And I poured a lot of rum into there. Oh, yeah. Got it. When I was a kid, my favorite was Thin Mints. And I still like Thin Mints. But uh, yeah. it, it, they're solidly supplanted by the other two at this point. Do you freeze your Thin Mints? Oh, yeah. Shit, yeah. Yeah, I know yeah, a lot of people do that. are the best Thin Mints. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Thin Mints. But for some reason, when they're in the freezer, they're a bit better. Yeah. Then I guess coming off of that, also with the intro, is... Fucking popcorn. Shitty popcorn. So did you did you do that when you were a kid? Sell that shit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Trails End popcorn. Like, who wants a giant tin of pre-popped popcorn? Well, those Ugh. Christmas popcorn tins aren't so bad when it's got the the three different kinds. I don't like any of them. I, I, I'm not a fan of pre-popped, like, you know, cheddar popcorn. Preserved or popcorn. Not a big fan of caramel corn either. Oh, man. What about kettle? Like, if it's fresh, I like, like, I like fresh popcorn. I like my popcorn to be warm. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's understandable. I get that. And I guess we could sell like the kernels and stuff, but I mean, it's like you know, popcorn, really? Well, I, I think some Boy Scouts do sell kernels when well, they're yeah. like posted out in front of Walmart. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the options is you could buy popcorn kernels, but I mean, it's it's just fucking popcorn. Yeah. At that point, it's you're just you're just being overpriced for popcorn. Yeah. You could literally go into the store and buy popcorn. Like you can't do that with Girl Scout cookies. Like they got they got a lock on that shit. That's why they bug you on the on the way in and not on the way out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. For me, like when I see Boy Scouts selling popcorn and they're like, would you like to buy some popcorn? And be like, no. And I give them five bucks and be like, there you go. Donation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want that crap, but uh, 
You're like, I support your, keep up, your yeah, organization. Keep up the good work, but I do not. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want that shit. Yeah, see, I don't recall ever selling popcorn when I was younger. Like, not a single time. And I don't know if that's because... Like, you guys didn't do it, or you just decided not to sell popcorn? That is what I can't figure out. I don't know if Mormon Scouts didn't <laughs> sell popcorn, or if I just didn't give a shit. Because either one is... Actually, it's probably more likely that I didn't, I didn't give a shit. But... Yeah, I, I didn't like, but we all, the other thing we sold in our troop was uh, little coupon books. You know, they, it'd be like a $20 coupon book and be like, it has $500 worth of coupons in it. Yeah, yeah. Never mind that you that you have mm-hmm. to spend $600 to get that savings. Yeah, well, I mean, so, and some of them had really good coupons in it, but it's just, you know, my family had them all the time. And most of the time we'd throw them out at the end of the next year when we yeah. had used like four coupons. Yeah, you used your one buy one, get one free frozen yogurt over at, yeah. uh, over at Yogurt Delight. Yep. And uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, buy buy one large, get one free at Forty Nine er Pizza. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. The fundraising for Boy Scouts definitely uh, definitely don't have the gold that the Girl Scouts do with cookies. But being in a family with Girl Scouts, uh, I hate cookie season. I <laughs> yeah. Hate it. Yeah. It seems like it would be a, a huge pain in the ass. It is a huge pain, and it's like a push, man. I mean, they really want you to sell those cookies, and I mean, and. Uh, like I think it's like forty cents from every box. Every five dollar box goes to the actual Girl Scout troop, and the rest of it goes to the Girl Scout organization. Ew. Yeah, yeah. So they sell like just sh- they have to sell shit tons of cookies, which they can to you know m- make their funding goals. Yeah, as long as one or both of your parents work in an office. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're you're oh, yeah. pretty much get well. I, you know, I wonder how that works with office politics if. Multiple parents have uh, kids in Girl Scouts. You got to be first. Damn, I've I've never run into that before. Even like when I when I worked at a restaurant with tons of people, it seems like there was only ever one person that was slinging Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, you got to jump on that shit. Well, except for after someone comes through and sells everyone Girl Scout cookies, are you going to come back and be like, "Will you buy cookies from my daughter too?" Yeah, no shit. Yeah, how awkward. Hey, you got to be first, man. That's important. Now, when you guys sold popcorn and coupon books. How did it how did it work with you guys? Like did 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 you have to do the same thing like pay a percentage to Boy Scouts and then and then a percentage goes to you guys? I would imagine so. That's usually the way it works. Um uh, the um I know I you know I was always I was on the scouting side of it when I was a kid, so I didn't really care yeah. or know. Um I'm I'm like a leader like an assistant den leader in my son's Cub Scout pack now. And uh and yeah, it, it's similar, but the cuts are way better. But you, you know, you're, the volume you're moving is considerably less too. Yeah, uh, they don't do popcorn and Cub Scouts, but they do. They do coupon books, and we did like some, um, like we did car wash coupons for to to like the the Folsom Glen car wash it was twenty bucks, and it was you know you'd sell it for twenty bucks. It was worth like a twenty two or twenty three dollar car wash. You know, so you saved a couple bucks if you bought one. Yeah. And we got ten bucks and to, directly to the troop, and the car wash place got ten bucks. Oh, cool! Yeah, so yeah, it yeah, keeps it clean. It's pretty solid. Like, so they're they're legitimately giving discount car washes, and we get to keep half of the money. The big thing I remember doing to pay for camp is uh, is Christmas tree pickup. Oh yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was a blast. Yeah, people would put their Christmas tree out on the curb, you know, with like a little envelope with some money in it, or and you'd drive by and you get to sit in the back of a truck or on the back of a trailer and grab trees. And then you'd go down to the, you know, the road near the rodeo area and hand them off and they'd feed them into a giant chipper. 
That was one of the greatest things for me about Boy Scouts is getting to, yeah, like you said, riding around in the back of a trailer yeah. out on the open road. You know, most of the time, it, once you get out of the neighborhoods, you're, you bury yourself in the trees so you don't get busted. But I mean, no cops are going to pull you over for that if you're not, you know, hanging off the side and being an asshole. They might these days. Yeah, no kidding. Shit, the, the Folsom cops are bored. Yeah, well, and shit's changed. Like, you know, safety is such a big thing thing now yeah and i think it, like it was the same thing with like well that's like our parents were even less safe than we were yeah and, you know, they probably were hanging off the back of a truck yeah, shit just keeps getting less and less fun and more and more safe boo yeah. you gotta find a good balance there yeah but yeah yeah that shit was fun i remember we uh remember like pretending they were dogs and like uh, dogs and kind of like ah come here dog get in there <laughs> you're going to the chipper <laughs> <laughs> I never worked the chipper. I never, uh, I never spent much time down there. We'd just drop it off and take off and go get more. Yeah, well, we never got to put them in the chipper, but like handing them, you know, we would unload them and kind of pass them to the guy that did put them in the chipper. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I guess that, uh, that takes us to camping. So the, uh, yeah. the, the big summer activity, scout camp. Yeah, I fucking love summer camp. How many different different camps did you go to growing up? Because I know we both went to Roy and A at least once. Yeah, Roy and A went to Wolfboro um, and uh, Lassen once. I think only three. We went to Roy, Roy and A most of the time. Oh, uh, okay. So what kind of what kind of stuff would you do at scout camp? So I remember the the thing I had the most fun with was earning wilderness survival because you actually had to go out into the you know kind of the backwoodsy area of the camp and build yourself a shelter and sleep in it overnight. Yeah. And it was just for one night. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You had to, you had to build it like the requirements. You had to build your own shelter, start a fire from nothing, which I, I can do, but boy, it sucks. Like Flint and steel's okay. Flint and steel will start a fire. It's still a pain in the ass. But like, I remember, um, I don't think it was there. I think it, I started with Flint and steel at summer camp, but at, at one of the Klondike derbies where you're out and doing snow camping and stuff, had to start one with like a, you know, the little bow where you just use friction to get the little ember and get it started. And yeah, it is, a, it's a lot of work. It's a big pain in the ass. I imagine I would probably freeze to death pretty quick. Yeah. I like carrying a lighter. It's so much easier. Yeah. I do not have my <laughs> fireman shit anywhere near me. But yeah, we do that. We, I remember shooting rifles and bows and arrows and swimming and, you know, you'd walk away from summer camp with like four or five merit badges. Cause you could just, you know, mow through the, all the requirements. Yeah, that's what I remember. Like, I, I remember, in fact, full disclosure, I only ever got one merit badge, I believe. Really? And that was archery. Yeah. I, fun one, at least. Yeah, I, di I did that at scout camp at, uh, at Roy and A that one year. In fact, I think, I think Roy and A was the only actual official scout camp I ever went to. How old were you? Um, shit, I was probably a freshman in high school. Did, did you do the venture stuff there? The, uh, the cope course. Yeah. Yeah. The, the zip lines and the fucking cargo net you could climb up. And that was amazing. That yeah. was super fun. They had super cool, like group strengthening activities. Like, like that was the first place I did a trust fall. Yeah. And off that big ass log. Yeah. Like, yeah it's not the, like the giant stump. Yeah. 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 You're not, yeah. You're, you're like a good five feet up in the air falling down onto people. You're not, you know, this isn't just falling backwards from the ground. Yeah. Our group failed every time. Every oh. person got dropped. Oh. <laughs> it was awful. Oh. Um, do you remember that, that like super tall wall where you had to like boost people up and yeah. then the person up top had to have their eyes closed and catch the other person and bring them up? Yep. That was so cool. Like it, I, I had so much fun with that. 
there was that leap like 50 feet in the air where you had to jump out to a trapeze oh, bar. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah you, had, you had a rope on. So if you yeah. fell, it was still spooky to fall. Oh yeah, no. I, I was, you had to drop when you after you caught it anyway, but it, like it was it was high. And I was freaked you, the fuck out. You fell pretty fast at the beginning because they just had the rope running like back through a post that ran through like a hole and then up and then back through another hole. So just friction was the only thing slowing it down. Well, yeah. I mean, you you ha- you were attached to one of the one of the co instructors, right? When you did it. What do you mean attached to them? Well, like like the the other end of the rope when it went through that, like they were doing like the uh, the belay. Yeah, they had a guy on it, yeah. but it passed through a post to kind of yes. slow it down. But yeah, so yeah. He, he could break it. He could pull it sideways and it would just stop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they could control how fast you went through it. And uh, they would let you, for like the first 30 feet, fall pretty much full speed. <laughs> and then kind of break you right at the end. And it, it was spooky. Man, you know me with heights. Like I, Oh, yeah. I almost I almost just went back down. Did you get the bar? No. Oh. No, I, I, I did such a little pussified jump. <laughs> <laughs> and did not get the bar. I was, I was just, I was so freaked out. I was shaking. It was not good for me. I'm glad I did it, but yeah, I would have liked to succeed more. But like, just actually making a full on like heartfelt leap out into nothing, just nope, did not work for me. It was definitely a, a test of will. At least, at least you climbed up and jumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking good. Yeah. Other than that, like, I went to do like everyone told me at boy scout camp to do your environmental science because that one's a bitch when you're when you're not at scout camp and if you can knock it out in a few days then do it well you got all the stuff there yeah you walk through the woods and you gotta make some observations and come back and take some like part of it's like basically taking classes yeah (laughs) but you're in the woods so it's you know yeah i mean environmental science was definitely better i got that at scout camp this probably won't shock you but like most of my school projects i more or less just bullshat my way through it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, you know, they'd tell you to like go and observe here for an hour. And I was just saw like, a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must have escaped from a zoo. Yeah, no, I, I totally made up my observations, but what ended up happening was my, like, you have to do like a final report or a final paper of some kind. And mine didn't pass, you know? So I basically just had to redo that, that final report. And I never did. <laughs> I didn't care enough. One of the things I liked about scout camp that was cool was that, uh, like, like the, the nice thing about Boy Scouts is you had the full age range. So like when you were younger, there was all like the older guys that uh, that you'd look up to, and then when you were older, there was all the younger guys that would look up to you. Yeah. And uh, and there was like I remember one year at summer camp, I had to like share a room with this uh, dude who did not make it to Eagle, and uh, he was a weird freaking guy. <laughs> and uh, I mean, he was like we were probably. 13 or something. It was early years. And he was probably 16, 17. And I remember like he slept with like a knife under his, like a big freaking Bowie knife under his pillow. And he'd oh, like, shit. you know, threaten you and stuff. He was a, he was not, not cool. Oh, that's not where I thought su- that was going. No, it was super scary, but it's funny to look back on since I didn't get murdered. Yeah. Now, um, what about snow camping? Do you ever go snow camping? Did yeah. Yeah. We did snow caves. Oh shit. Like, wait, like you made your own caves or you went into caves no, in mountains? No, you'd go up and you'd find a hill that had a bunch of snow on it and you'd dig into the hill and yeah. dig, dig like a little snow cave in there and sleep in it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I remember we went to uh, Grover Hot Springs once. I don't I, I don't even know where that is anymore. It's yeah. it's somewhere in the mountains where it snows. Um, and yeah, building caves and tunnels and building slides. You know, like, like, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Although... 
let's see what happened it was like somebody super late at night you know before we had all crashed out they were like sledding down a hill or maybe somebody had a snowboard there and they crashed into our tent and just got snow all into that shit so i ended up sleeping in my dad's minivan snow caves were awesome because they're way way warmer counterintuitively than sleeping in a tent see i think i got i think i got a little claustrophobic in there i I, they're pretty tight and they're even tighter when you wake up in the morning oh shit why because the the heat from your body causes like you have to slope the ceiling so that it you know it doesn't drip on you like it has to have a nice smooth slope to the sides because it will melt and then kind of refreeze but the whole thing settles so like when you go to sleep and when you wake up the the whole ceiling is like six inches lower than it was when you went to sleep oh hell no uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah but it's it's super warm in there like i mean it's very comfortable in a snow cave like it's shockingly like one year when we were making we were building ours and it just like near the end of the day we're almost done and it just collapsed on us and I had to spend the night in a tent and it sucked. It was way colder. Yeah. You have to bury yourself in your bag. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we made like these little, um, it was like a piece of sheet metal with a handle on it for cutting blocks out. Like when we were doing it, you'd, you know, put them in four ways and wiggle it and you'd pull like a block out. Mm-hmm. And so after a while, you know, a couple years in when we had those and we figured out what we were doing, we, we would make a bunch of snow caves and make one igloo. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It was pretty rad. Yeah. No, we never got that into it. You know, I, I hate to, to talk shit about, you know, the scouts that I grew up with, but compared to all the stories I've heard from your experience, it seems like, like my scouts, the scouts I was a part of were just kind of soft. Like it was like scouts light, you know, like, sure we went camping and we went snow camping, but you know, we weren't building igloos. And then in the morning, you know, we were at a hot springs place. So we went and sat in natural hot springs and got nice and roasty toasty. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't mind going back. Yeah. I don't know where that is either, but that, that sounds cool. Yeah. Well, and I think from talking to a lot of people, I I don't know if that's, I don't, I wouldn't say that. I don't think that's specifically, you know, the Momo scouts as it is, uh, just certain troops and don't have the same involvement and they, yeah. they're not as active. And I just got real lucky that, uh, I got involved with a really good active troop that did a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. We had a, we had a couple dads, um, none of them had kids my age. So they were, they were sort of like on either end of, of my experience. But this, this one dad, Brad Jameson, my goodness, that guy was like, you know, he, he was the six foot five, you know, probably 250 pound bearded. Like he was the man's man. Yeah. You know, if Brad Jameson was putting together a, an activity or, or a camp out or something, you were going to have a great time. We, we did have a couple of those. But. Yeah, I mean, it, it is all that. And and I feel kind of bad, like, looking back at it. Our Scoutmaster, he was, a, like, a real kind of tough-on-rules kind of guy. He was, mm-hmm. like, a uh, a lawful good, you know, Scoutmaster paladin. No. Yeah. He, uh, but, like, I mean, you needed to get all the requirements to the badges. Like, he didn't fudge shit. Like, you know, every for every rank advancement, you'd have to go to his house. And he was, like, super into, like, Disney stuff. So, I mean, he had, like... just. His whole house was like a shrine to Disney. It was really weird. Um, <laughs> like Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you'd have to go to his house and like, you know, you know, not just like fulfill the requirements. You have to have like an interview with him and he'd go through and like ask you what this meant. Really wanted you to get out of the scout experience what he thought you should get out of the scouting experience. And, mm-hmm. if, and if you weren't, if you were half-assing it, it wouldn't cut it. He was kind of a purist. Oh, yeah. We gave him, I mean, we didn't give him directly a lot of shit, but we were not very respectful 
to what he was doing for the program, you know? Mm -hmm. And think about like, I feel kind of bad about it. I was kind of a dick. I believe it. Yeah. yeah, Really? Um, (laughs) And uh, like, I remember one year at summer camp at, at uh, Camp Wolfboro, um, you know, we were all talking some, you know, me and a few of the other boys were talking shit about him and just saying really nasty, you know, teenage boy things. And I guess he overheard us and like called us in and like we had like a little conference with him and oh, I felt damn. awful. Um, it's one of those like, I'm not angry, I'm disappointed and hurt yeah, moments. Yeah, absolutely. And like, like he was like, you could tell he was like trying not to cry and stuff. And it's like, oh man. Oh man. shit, you bunch of rude ass yeah, motherfuckers. We were, we were pricks. And I feel bad about it because like thinking back on it, that guy devoted so much time and so much of his life and every, you know, every bit of his heart into that program to make sure that we had a phenomenal experience. And, uh, he deserved better than what you assholes gave him. He absolutely did. When I found out late, like later on, like the one, some of the other adults, like after I left, like a year or two after I left, some of the other adults were kind of frustrated with how rules stickler he was. And he ended up getting kicked out of the troop and like the troops split and went and like split into two different troops. And he just kind of got, shown the door oh man and uh and after that he kind of he moved out of town and i don't know where he is now and i like i've wanted to you know i've thought about you for you like it'd be if i if i knew where he was i'd like to write him a letter or call him or something be like yeah man you you made that real and made it made a difference and i really appreciate everything you did but i don't know where he is maybe he is listening to this episode right now maybe i hope so i i still kind of feel bad about how he was treated in the end. Cause he was, uh, I mean, he just whole hog devoted to it. I mean, it, like he, in the beginning, he didn't even have a kid in scouts. Yeah. Like his son wasn't old enough yet, but he, he scouts was really important to him when yeah, he was he growing believed up. In it. And so he, you know, started the troop and did so knowing that someday his son would be in it. And, uh, like when I left, his son was younger than me still. Um, and just, you know, it was a way of life and something he really devoted a lot of time to, and uh, and I appreciate it. Oh, you're gonna bring tears to my eyes. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's jump on to first impressions, Ben. When did Scouts come into your life, or what what was your your first earliest memory of Boy Scouts? So I I remember oddly enough I remember fairly distinctly um, when I first started going when I changed schools in fifth grade going to the I don't know something in before school started and they had in and you know the Boy Scouts were there and had like a little booth set up like you should join the Boy Scouts or I think it was Cub Scouts at that point but I remember no it was Boy Scouts and it had like a picture of a kid like rappelling off a rock like off a cliff. Yeah. I was thinking like, fuck yeah, I want to do that. And I was like, can I join Boy Scouts? I'm like, you're not quite old enough yet. You can be a Cub Scouts for a year and then you can join Boy Scouts. And I was like, all right, fucking let's do it. But being like, just seeing a picture of a kid repelling and being like, oh yeah, I want to do that. And I did get to do that and it was fun. <laughs> so yeah, it that, worked out. That was uh that was definitely something that I'd forgotten about until just now, but to touch on with, uh, with the camp outs and stuff is having experiences like that where you get to go to a cliffs, cliffside and hook yourself up to some ropes yeah and uh and walk down the side of a mountain so we've already uh talked about my my fear of heights so that was that was not the easiest thing in the world for me to do no when it, you know it's not supposed to be easy okay like, call you're not supposed to just go out there and have you know fun like it's supposed to be a challenge and you know test your limits and get you to do things outside of your comfort zone. I mean, that's kind of the whole point well some of those people just seem like you know like the the adrenaline junkies 
you know, they just seem like they like they just get up there and they're like, yes, this is what I'm doing. This is no problem. Yeah, and that might be easy for them, but then they're, they're going to get tested doing something else. They're probably terrified of tying a knot. Yeah, yeah, or environmental science is just, like, that's way outside of the shit that they're into, you know? That, that Not everything's going to be a test, but, you know, it, there's a lot of character building in there. Yeah. I do remember, though, before I was in Boy Scouts, I was in uh, the YMCA's thing that they had, the Indian Guides. Oh, no kidding, huh? Yeah, it, it's a, basically an organization where a bunch of white men dress up like Indians. Oh my goodness. They still exist. <laughs> no, no fucking way. There's yeah. no way they still exist. Yeah, they do. I just, I took, uh, uh, my son on his Cub, his Cub Scout troop went to the USS Hornet and got to spend the night on an aircraft carrier in Alameda. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, you know, I don't think I ever followed up with you cause you guys were going to be doing that the next day after the last time we recorded. Yeah. It was fucking cool. It was fun. They have like cool museum. It's, I mean, it's a big ass aircraft carrier. You get to walk around, you get to sleep on it eat in the mess hall decommissioned of course yeah yeah it's it's stationary it doesn't go anywhere anymore but um it's got a bunch of aircraft on it and stuff it's cool it's, oh it still has aircraft oh yeah yeah it's like it's got like an aircraft museum set up in the hangar bay that's pretty cool yeah no it was rad it was a lot of fun um yeah and when we we're there it was a bunch of cub scouts troops and one group of indian guides so it was a bunch of little little kids with headdresses and shit. They they had like normal clothes on with like shirts. So I don't know. Maybe they don't do it. But like when I was when I was in it, like they would go full on, you know, headdress, face paint, little bone chest piece, dance around a fire, pretending you're Indians. Awesome. And I bet your your mom supported that because she's into all that shit. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. I enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, it, it is definitely in in these days of sensitivity around cultural appropriation. It is very much that. Yeah. And Boy Scouts still has something like that, the Order of the Arrow. Hmm, what is that? That sounds kind of familiar. Uh, it's it's like a um, side organization that you can join that does some other things, and they do dress up like Indians and dance around fires and shit still. So it's like Boy Scouts plus? Yeah. Extracurricular shit? Yeah, kind of, yeah. I was not in Order of the Arrow, so I don't know exactly what they do, but I do know... That uh, they would come dressed as Indians to meetings sometimes to try and recruit boys to join it. And still do. Like at a Cub Scout meeting recently, some two dudes, two like white teenagers showed up dressed like Indians. It seems so bizarre. <laughs> it is bizarre. Like it's a weird world we live in. Like I'll, it, it only hit me just now. Like should we be saying Native Americans? Uh, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm okay not saying it. but I don't, I don't think anyone thinks that we're talking about. Indians from India. Yeah. I think they get it. Yeah. Uh, Should we say Indians? <laughs> Does that clarify it? But yeah, we did. Uh, did you ever go spelunking? I don't think you would have liked it. No? Why not? Because you don't like tight spaces or high things? Oh, yeah. There's that. No, I never went spelunking. I remember when, like, this wasn't with scouts, but I remember in elementary school going to the Moaning Caverns. Yeah. And then you could you could rappel down into the caves there and go for a little cave exploration. But no, I never did it through that. I remember some uh some friends and I went up to like the Auburn rock quarry and like oh, yeah. there, there was like a little part where you could shimmy in and go and, through that little hole and Yeah, and you could like cross an underground river and shit. Like I, I did that when I there was a there was a brief moment in my teens, my late teens, where I got adventurous. I was jumping off high rocks and like I jumped off Rainbow Bridge into the river and, and you know, going exploring in the caves, which is something that these days I wouldn't do. Oh, you're super not safe. I remember going in that cave like you had to squeeze through like an opening just barely big enough to get through. Yeah. But then the cave was huge after that. I mean, it was probably 15, 
feet tall and like 20 feet wide, 30 feet wide. Yeah. I don't ever even remember seeing like a ceiling to it. Yeah. It was, it was big and wide. Yeah. And it had that little river and stuff. Yeah. Crossing the little underground river there. Super stupid. Holy shit. Yeah. Weird. Like we just, we just go in there and do that and like, you know, take, take like a little, little inflatable raft down with us and like pull each other across. Yeah. Like where the hell does that flow to? And know where you want to go. Yeah. None of us ever died. Thank goodness. But it, it probably eventually goes to a wall and then flows purely underground where you die. Man. <laughs> it's just, or like the entrance could cave in and like, you're just, you're stuck fucking, no one's coming for you. We, didn't, we didn't tell our parents that's where we were going. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. No, that was definitely not safe. It was cool though. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was an excellent time. Like, I mean, we probably wouldn't even be able to fit through that entrance anymore. No, I know. We were skinny kids. No, yeah. I'm, I'm considerably girthier than I used to be. (laughs) But, uh, uh, yeah, Moaning Caverns is where I went spelunking and that was cool. Like you, you did, you rappelled down instead of going down the stairs to get in there. And then the first thing you did was you had to go down this little tiny fricking hole, you know, probably 18 inches, 20 inches around where that you could just barely fit through again, but it was all polished from people going through it. And it went down about 10 feet straight you know kind of down at an angle into like a room maybe the size of like a minivan the inside of a small minivan and they'd fit like 15 people in there and you'd have to stay there for about five minutes to figure out if anyone was claustrophobic right near the entrance and they're like all right if you're gonna freak out do it now because it's a lot easier to get you out (laughs) because once we get in there you have to keep going yeah, I remember hearing about that, about how, how you explore, you're like underwater and there's like six inches above water for your for your head to sit in or something, for you to breathe for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's probably more than six inches. That's yeah, a Yeah, they didn't make you actually go through. There was like an underground river that you had to cross. They had like a, a rope and a boat and stuff on it. But, you know, they have guides and shit. You know, it's, they do it every day. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was tight. Like you'd squeeze through things like... I, you know, some of that stuff, I'm not sure they have like a weight limit. Like you can't be fatter than this cause you won't fit. So I don't know if I'm even fit enough to do it. Anymore. <laughs> we can't do it. Like, Oh, Hey, let's do it for the podcast. Nope. But, it, but it was, <laughs> I mean, it's super fun. It was really cool. I enjoyed that a lot. Did you, did you guys do much backpacking or mostly car camping? <laughs> All right. Oh uh, yeah. I guess it was mostly car camp. Now, um, I did go on one backpacking trip. Yeah. Late teens. We went up to, um, paradise Lake. It was a 12 mile pack in. Yeah. Yeah. I know where paradise Lake. And is. We, uh, we spent, we spent a few days out there. We actually, you know, our backpacking wasn't the same as your, you know, where it's like a continuous journey day after day to get to a point. Like we packed into some place and then we camped. Yeah, we and did. then we came back out. We did a lot of that too, especially with the younger kids where we, you know, they're not going to enjoy moving every day. Yeah. So you would, you'd pack in and set camp and then pack out. So that, you, that, that was, we did that more than we did car camping. We didn't do a lot of car camping um, unless it was like a jamboree or, you know, Klondike Derby or something where, you know, it was an organized scout event. Generally when we went camping, we'd go and we'd hike at least a couple miles in. You know what? It just hit me that. I don't think the backpacking trip I went on was actually for scouts. I think it was just me and my dad who, God bless him, he almost died on that thing. He does not seem like much of a backpacker. Yeah, and it was Preston's dad and Preston's grandfather, and I think they just organized the trip. And then it was like me and Preston and Art and Preston's little brother, and we stupidly packed in with a bunch of paintballing gear it was it was absurd art decided he was going to bring this giant satchel of paintballs and 
it it just about killed him. Uh, but it, <laughs> but hey, paintballing up in up in the mountains was fucking cool. Yeah, that gear's not light though. No, not at all. Yeah, we um, we did tons of backpacking. I, I, that's one of the things I miss the most. I, I'm way out of shape. I would it would kick my ass. But I, it's one of those things I'd really like to get back into because we did a couple. We did at least two over a hundred mile trips. Gross. That were super fun. Um, one was like from like Mammoth up through Yosemite, and uh, man, it was gorgeous. It was just freaking great. And then one out at uh, Philmont Scout Ranch, like a big backpacking scout place in uh, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. It was super fun. We were like way into the backcountry on it, and we hadn't uh, hadn't eaten anything but like dehydrated food in about a week because we were there for like two weeks. I think it was like a hundred and sixty mile trip. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you stop at stations and pick up food along the way, because so you, you can't carry that much food um, for that for that long of a trip. And we were looking at the map once, and like noticed that like we were like three and a half miles from a road, and it said that there was a gas station there. It was like right on the edge of the camp of the the ranch, and so like four of us like said, "Oh, we're going on a day hike," and hiked down there and bought, bought a bunch of fucking ice cream and frozen pizzas and shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking pigged out on. Uh, on junk food. What do you do with a seen. frozen pizza? Well, they had like a little, it was like, you know, like they have like the frozen burritos and stuff. They had like little mini pizzas that you could like oh, stick in a little, little personal ones. Yeah. Like microwave or oven or whatever they had there. It was awesome. <laughs> well, I think my, uh, my first impression is quite a bit less exciting. You know, like I mentioned before, I don't, I don't recall there being any sort of like any ceremony or any special thing for for me going from Cub Scouts to Boy Scouts. So the earliest thing I remember from going into Boy Scouts was getting the uniform and thinking that was that was pretty cool. Like we went to a, do you remember a Kitty Corral? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that was the spot out in Sacramento. Yeah, they they were the authorized dealer, and I remember you know being all stoked because I, I I'd seen I'd seen the uniforms on like you were saying the older Scouts that you look up to. And you're like, oh, this is cool. I get to enter into this. And the, do you remember the pants were always super long because they were always one length. You just found your waist size, and then you had yeah, to like yeah, to hem, hem them. them. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, that, I think that's my earliest impression from Boy Scouts because I don't, I don't remember anything about like early meetings or anything. You know, I just remember getting the uniform and being all stoked to to start going on on campouts because our often cited buddy Preston, he was nine months older than me. So I hear, I would hear all these stories about boy scouts and all the fun he was having. I was like, fuck, I want to, I want to be a part of that. I want to get into it. You know, even if it was just camping that I wanted to do, but dude, them shits were expensive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but in high school, I love to wear boy scout pants just casually, like everyday pants. Nice pants. Yeah. They were constructed well, they were tough and they, they, they laid nice. You know, they were good straight leg pant. They had cool eagles on the buttons. <laughs> well, I don't know if I showed that off. <laughs> and they they were a good color too. Yeah, like army pants. Yeah, I I went to I went to go buy some like probably a year or two ago, and they were like sixty bucks. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I just I can't justify the <laughs> that yeah, purchase. We, I was my son's den leader in Houston, and we went to buy his uniform, and yeah, it was like a hundred and ten bucks or something to get his uniform. Jeez, and uh, like I thought about getting myself a uniform because, like, shockingly, can't fit into my old one. I mean, I can, <laughs> but it is tight. <laughs> they're, seeing, they're seeing all the creases. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, they were freaking expensive. I was like, yeah, I think I'll pass. I don't, I don't really need it that bad. Yeah, 
Maybe I'll try to make that a, into a Christmas gift or something from someone. Give me some Boy Scout pants. Yeah. All right. So how about a little break? I could pee. Let's uh, yeah. Let's go pee. Let's go wake our asses up. The way I'm sitting tonight because I'm I'm an old man and my back hurts, so I have to have super good posture at least in my my back and neck joining area. Like I'm my tailbone's all cocked weird and my ass is falling asleep. And this is way too much information. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have an ad for like, you know, Geritol or something. Yeah, yeah. We'll find something. All right, folks, we'll be right back. Do you think you know what scouting's all about? Take a look. Scouting today is a lot more than you think. Join your local troop. All right. Y'all set? Yep. You I head, am ready you to go. up? I'm headphone-ified. All right. Welcome back, Ben. Welcome back, John. <laughs> so let's get on to uh, one-word review. What is your one-word for the Boy Scouts? What encapsulates the Boy Scouts? I went with formative, at least for me. Okay. Uh, or possibly foundational was the other one I was thinking of, but I, I think formative was good because... Uh, Anecdotes and reminiscing aside, uh, it really was an important experience in my youth. Um, I think it, it played a really important role in making me the man I am today, frankly. Don't blame the scouts for that. There's <laughs> a little hurt recruiting, I'm sure. Yeah. But I mean, the values it taught and then the, you know, the leadership, which I haven't really talked about at all, aspects of it. And it, it did a lot to kind of form who I am. In Boy Scouts, at least the way we did it, especially once you got you know into the older, the higher ranks, and being one of the more senior scouts, is you you know you ran the troop, you ran the meetings. I mean, I was the senior patrol leader and the assistant senior patrol leader and the quartermaster. That's what it was, yeah, senior patrol leader. I was trying to remember what the term was for that. Yeah, I kind of ran through all of the different leadership positions. You know, as a patrol leader, it was the you know all, all kinds of different bits and pieces. Kind of ran through pretty much every position you could be in. I was the scribe for a while. Hated that. Believe it or not, I actually was a senior patrol leader at one point in time. Oh, yeah. Did you guys have senior patrol meetings where you mm. would? Oh, man. We would do those once every, was it ever, once every month where we'd go through and kind of plan what, you know, because it, it, it was completely boy driven. I mean, the, the, the adults were there to support what was going on, but the meetings were, we decided what was going on and what we would be doing. And, and uh, so every month we'd have a meeting the outside of the weekly meetings that we had where we would plan all the next month's meetings and activities and talk about, you know, assign roles like, okay, who's going to go buy all the food for this camping trip and who's going to organize this and do that. And, uh, man, they were long and boring. <laughs> I remember having like a meeting notes and like the, the entire side of it would just be doodles and scribbles and yeah, trying to keep myself awake. That does sound kind of familiar now, like having an extra little meeting, but if I know myself like I do, I probably was not paying attention at all. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I was supposed to be like the main contributor to it. Well, yeah. And you had, and, and this thing, like, I mean, I would find myself drifting off and doing this, but we were responsible for the troop. And I mean, it was great training for like work, you know, especially if you're working, you know, for when I was working in an office where you go and you have to sit in boring ass meetings and still eventually get something done. 
Well, thankfully, the meetings at my work are usually over the phone. Oh, that's nice. You don't have to feign interest, at least. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to use the uh, the video function and actually engage people with my face lately because it is too easy to just, you know, do something else while everyone's talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember we used to say all the time when we had, when I was working with BP, the meetings, like, none of us are as dumb as all of us. <laughs> Get in a meeting and spend 45 minutes chasing our tails. <laughs> But uh, it's kind of like our podcast sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it was just it taught me, you know, like all the values that we stated at the beginning and the, the you know, the oath and the law, they're all good things. Yeah. And like I said, I was kind of a dick and kind of, you know, definitely not a perfect scout by any means. But being a good person isn't about being good and perfect all the time. You know, you don't have to be Superman to be a good person. You know, being a good person is, you know, realizing when you've fallen short of your ideals and uh trying to be better and accepting the consequences and uh, i did that a number of times in scouting because <laughs> they have pretty high ideals for you yeah you know th there was definitely and there was some things that we did that could have been grounds for kicking me out of the scouting entirely if they really wanted to but thankfully the you know the adult leaders and folks that we had running the program saw in me and some of the other boys i was in the program with that you know, we weren't irredeemable fuck ups, you know, that, you know, sure we made some mistakes and we did something stupid, but, uh, they thought we could learn from it and still get something out of the program. And, and I, and I think I did. My one word review is adventurous. Yeah. You know, as I've already explained, that's what scouts was for me. It didn't hit me the same way that it did with you, you know, turning me into a, into a certain kind of person. I felt religion did that for me, the same sort of thing where it, where it instilled in me some certain core values about how to treat people um so like even though i'm not a part of that anymore you know it it, it became a part of my makeup but with with scouts it was what you saw on that brochure in fifth grade yeah. it was repelling it was camping it was just being outdoors and doing adventurous things going to the river jumping off rocks you know going to boy scout camp like we were talking about doing the cope course yeah I the never, cope course was badass i never got anything like that anywhere else in my life you know being able to shoot a bow and arrow you know, where where else are you going to go and experience things like like instead of boy scout camp one year we took a whitewater rafting trip for a week up, up on the klamath river nice it was amazing we just we go and camp and we whitewater raft and our campsite was right on a on a clear water lagoon so you could jump in there. You know, it was, it was a unique experience. You're just around the fire with a bunch of dudes. You're lighting farts and and uh, roasting marshmallows. Telling and, dirty jokes. Yeah. Going yeah. and taking shits out in the woods. Yeah. It was a very unique, adventurous experience. Did you did you guys move from camp to camp every night when you were rafting? Or you would just camp in one spot and then go rafting during the day? Uh, the second one. Yeah. we, we, we had super fun. We had a base camp. Yeah. And we would just work our way down. And our... Our guide, let's see, we, he called himself Whitewater Wally. He was actually the the stunt double for Chris Farley in what I believe was his last movie. Was it Almost Heroes, maybe? I think it might have been called with Matthew Perry. Wow, I, I didn't actually think about this ahead of time. So <laughs> this is all this is all instinctual. I think I'm correct though, but I don't I don't know for certain. Chris Farley's stunt double. Yeah. Still cool. Yeah. If uh if I am incorrect, you can correct us by emailing us at email at geeksplorationpodcast 
No one's ever emailed us. We must be spot on with everything we say. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised. It would uh, go along with the rest of my life. Just ask my girlfriend. Yeah, right about everything. Yeah. It's a curse. Yeah. <laughs> so what if, Ben, what if you were kidnapped and dropped into the wilderness? You don't know where. You were, you know, you were bagged and tagged like on your bachelor party. Someone just stuffs a sock over your head and drops you into the wilderness. Could you still survive? Like, do you have I think so. what it takes? I, honestly, I've thought about doing that for fun. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> like, I've, 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 for years, I've wanted to try that to some degree. Like, I think it would be cool to just end up out in the woods somewhere and be like, oh shit, don't know where I am. Got to figure this out. Do like a, like a bear grills or yeah. like a survivor man thing. Yeah. I think it'd be super fun. And uh, yeah, I think, I think I would probably, I mean, unless I like broke my leg or something, which yeah. is possible. If you got to climb down a hill and you break your freaking leg and no one knows you're out there, you, you might be done for other than my uh, general physical fitness might be lacking a bit. But uh, otherwise I think I still have all the prerequisite skills to, uh, Give myself a fighting chance at least. Now, would you be hunting animals and how would you feel about foraging? Like, would you be worried about doing like that into the wilderness guy thing and accidentally eating poisonous berries? No, I mean, I think I'd probably stay away from anything I wasn't familiar with. I mean, it depends if they drop me off in like Southeast Asia, it'd be a little bit tougher because yeah. I'd be a little bit more out of my element. Um, but I mean, generally I would, uh, try and find a bot, you know, if I could find a stream or, or a river or something, you know, and just follow that thing downhill because civilization occurs along rivers. Um, and usually you could find something to eat in a river Yeah, and you need water and uh, you know, water would be the, the primary thing. I mean, you can go a few days without eating as long as you hydrate, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You need to, you need a lot you know, water is of primary importance. When we're in Philmont, one of, one of our guides instilled in me forever the mantra of clear and copious. A piss needs to be clear and copious. That means you're well hydrated. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, no, I would definitely kind of seek out any f stream or creek I could and follow that thing down to human beings of one variety or another would be my, my main thrust. I, I would not stay in one place probably unless I had some inkling that someone might be coming to find me. Yeah. Kidnapped, dropped in the woods, probably not having anyone to come look for you there. No. You got to find your own way out. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I'd probably go for fish. I mean, you can build like little, those little rock traps to catch fish. Yes, of course. Those little rock traps to catch fish. Yeah. Yeah. Where they can swim in, but then they can't swim back out. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't need like a hook or line or anything for it. See, that's fucking smart. And that is not anything that I left the Boy Scouts with. Like, I would never think of that. I'd be sitting there trying to grab them with my hands or some shit as, as, as the river flowed. And I'd probably just give up after a while and keel over and die. Yeah, you just get them trapped in like a little eddy area and uh, they can't get out. Then, then, well, then you still have to go grab them with your hands, but they don't have anywhere to go. Yeah, yeah. At that point, you can do it. You know, I mean, if you got it, you can eat bugs. Bugs are fucking everywhere. Ugh. Oh, well, yeah. That's totally gross, but you can do it. <laughs> yeah, that that or death. <laughs> yeah, bugs are bugs are actually most of them are pretty damn nutritious. Meat group. Yeah, they've got they've got a, they're high in protein and all kinds of good stuff. Protein and gross. <laughs> high in both of those. But yeah. What What about you, John? You think you'd make it? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, come that, on, that, is a, that is a quick, quick, clear, concise answer. Absolutely not. 
We just find a nice rock to sit on and die. I'd find a nice rock to bash my brains in. <laughs> It'd be like that fucking Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Somewhere else. And well, you give up and you're really just two miles from a city. You know, that that's another one of those things where like, if I'm, if I'm out in the wilderness, you know, I'm, I'm a type one diabetic. Nah, what yeah. the fuck am I going to do? The best I know about survival is how to, how to track your direction based on the sun. But if I'm in the middle of nowhere, I don't know what exists yeah, north, what south, east, or west. Yeah. Well, um, I, I yell a lot. So my recommendation, the, the guy, when I was in scouts, I had this guy, uh, he was one of the, the other, the younger boy's fathers. He was a, like an old army ranger guy. He used to tell stories about they'd like drop him off in Europe and he'd go do some covert mission and shit. Um, first guy that ever pointed a gun at me. Oh yeah. Yeah. When I, first knocked, of many. when I knocked on his door to drop something off and he apparently wasn't expecting anyone to knock on his door at eight 30 on a Wednesday and came to the door with a gun poking through it. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a fucking weird dude. But you know, his advice was, was like, yeah, if you ever, you know, if you're ever trapped out in the woods or stuck somewhere and you can't, uh, you know, like you, you know, broken leg or whatever, like you can't get out, can't do anything. Start a forest fire and ride the fire truck out. <laughs> Good call. Because <laughs> they will come. You know, if you start a big enough fire, someone will come. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but I'm sure glad you guys showed up. Yeah, it beats dying. Yeah. So, so that's my recommendation for you, John. Uh, <laughs> Before you bash your head in with a rock, start a fire. That's another thing I wouldn't have thought of. So normally we talk about our favorite use in pop culture. And as it turns out, I was having a really hard time finding, uh, finding some boy scouts in pop culture. How'd you do with that? Oh, well, I, I did not prep for this at all. I was kind of just going by the seat of my pants, but I think I have one, but I can't remember the name of it right now. Is it a movie? Yeah. Does it have Daniel Stearns in it? No. Oh, okay. And it wasn't specifically boy scouts, but, uh, what, but it was, Oh God, what was that fucking movie called? Tell me a little bit about it. Uh, it's a movie essentially where there's some Boy Scouts and they go out on a. It's got uh, that dude whose name I don't remember, so that's not helpful. Yeah, but basically zombies attack and. Uh, oh yeah, the the Boy Scouts survival or Boy Scouts this, guide to zombie survival or something. Something like I that. I did yeah. see that. Let me let me look it up real quick. That was that, that was a fun movie. Boy Scouts in pop culture generally have kind of a a theme going. Ah, it's the uh, Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Yeah, that's totally it. Ah. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's uh it's got boobs and violence and gore and uh it actually represents scouting fairly accurately, like shockingly accurately. Like I think whoever wrote it was probably a boy scout. Oh shit. At one point. Yeah, it is rated R. I've I never saw it. I've I've the title sounds familiar, but no, I've I've definitely never seen it. Yeah, it's good. It covers kind of the it has all the archetypes of people that I remember from being like the main three characters. There's like the fat nerdy kid mm-hmm. that uh, they would generally be embarrassed to be friends with at school normally. Yes. It Chunk has or Horace. Yeah, it has uh, the popular kid that is uh, really into scouting and, and good at it. And it's got his his buddy who's also a good scout, but he is thinking about quitting and doesn't want to do it anymore. Oh, which I had, I had a number of friends that that happened to, you know, they scouting wasn't cool anymore. In any case, they go out on a camping trip and their scout leader gets turned into a zombie by a zombie deer, I believe. And uh, yeah, shit hits the fan. There's zombies everywhere and they've got to save the world. And uh, the dynamics of the people in it rung pretty true to me from my scouting experience. And then just the way they handled shit 
like you, you know they you could tell they all actually got were getting value out of you know the kind of value you would get out of scouts yeah except it's a zombie movie with gore and boobs and and all kinds of good stuff gore and boobs and gore and boobs and gore and boobs and gore and boobs yep so it was uh yeah it was a kick-ass movie i really liked it i like i i remember thinking afterward like that was shockingly accurate <laughs> and really entertaining yeah, i would have done the same thing yeah yeah exactly other than that i can't think of a whole lot of other really decent uses that aren't um more mockery of scouts in pop culture yeah like i i really couldn't think of anything like i i couldn't find anything i was i even tried looking up uh, references of of stuff like you know i saw the the title for that movie and there was that movie bushwhacked with daniel stearns that's mm-hmm. that's why i thought that's where you were going i think he's out there with some boy scouts but he's like some shithead criminal or something i i don't even remember i never saw the movie so what i ended up doing is i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna commit a little a uh, little blasphemy to today's episode all right i love blasphemy I am going to say my my favorite scouting movie was a uh, little movie from the mid late eighties. I can't remember oh, the I year. Think I know where you're going. Oh yeah, care to care to take a stab at it? No, I'll let you, I'll let you I'll let you handle it. It was Troop Beverly Hills. Oh no, Troop! I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's a it was a comedy with Shelley Long, who uh, who played like a like a ditzy Beverly Hills rich bitch mom who's going through a divorce with uh with craig t nelson um he's neffler the muffler man in order to show him she can do just like anything something she decides to take on the role of a troop leader of her daughter's uh wilderness girl troop okay this sounds vaguely familiar yeah that's the blasphemy of it because it's essentially girl scouts girl scout yeah but they're they are they are less brownies than than they're you know there's this big um wilderness jamboree thing that they have to win and there's the rival troop of course they're the assholes and this super doodly lady running it man she is she's scary i remember she has a line when they're first showing up for their first meeting with all the troop leaders she's like if any of you betty crockers out there think you're going to be teaching toddlers to bake cuppy cakes and you can leave now i've totally seen this movie yeah i love that line (laughs) it's always stuck out in my head i haven't seen it in years and years and years but we had it when i was a little kid and um i loved it It had a had a young carla gugino who later on you know i mean she was in she was the mom in spy kids and she was in sin city as that police officer that shows off her beautiful beautiful rack Mm. Yeah, that was a that was a big moment for me in my uh, my early twenties. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you got you got you got Craig T, you got Shelley Long in their in their heyday. It was a it was a good flick. I would like to go and watch it again. Yeah, it sounds really familiar. Like that that line. Yeah, I've seen that movie, but uh, that's about all I know about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because because in pop culture, scouting is generally kind of portrayed as I don't know. It's, it's, it's it, nerd shit. It, yeah, it's nerd shit, and it's like, it's generally kind of being soft mocked. Like yeah, it, like it doesn't. Uh, I can't. Yeah, it's hard to think of anything that really does it justice. I guess as far, at least as far as I feel about the program. Yeah, the the scout character. If the, I mean, it's not like there's always the scout character archetype, but they're usually more wilderness nerd than like survival cool dude. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, exactly. I was never nervous or ashamed about being a boy scout like i had went to scouts with folks that like did not want anyone at school to know that they were scouts well yeah i mean but to be fair you had plenty of other stuff to be embarrassed of 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that I might <laughs> be a Boy Scout was pretty low on the list. Yeah, but you know, you were not one that was easily embarrassed by anything. Still, am not. Yeah, like we should dig up some pictures of the pants you wore in high school yeah. and post still, those on the social media. I still have them. I don't fit in them anymore. Like your now. plaid pants and shit. And I got those jeans that were fucking had the giant hole in the knee and the tie dye safety pinned crotch and the slices <laughs> up the side. Yeah. I look like a fucking homeless guy when I was in high school. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that was in the, the heyday of it being super cool to go get thrift store vintage clothes. So everyone did it. And, but you were the one that bought the plaid pants that nobody else would buy. Yeah. Or like the weird Chinese silk bathrobe. What? Remember that? Like the, the weird, it was like a weird black silk bathrobe. In fact, I didn't even buy that. I found that at this house that Zach and I cleaned out. <laughs> um, there, that where we also found a large double-sided dildo and a n- awesome selection of Kiss albums. I do remember the double-sided dildo. Yeah, Zach kept that and he would hit people with it, and yeah. I kept the uh, I kept the Kiss albums and the robe. It was like a like a little. It had like a dragon or some sh- like a faded dragon on the back or some shit. No, I'm o- I'm okay having not seen you in your silk bathrobe that you found somewhere. Oh, you've definitely seen me in it. Have I? Oh yeah. Huh. I, I used to wear it all the time. I'd wear it usually with I had the, like those. Like black pants that are way too big for me, so I hold them up with those big that big pair of rainbow suspenders and look like oh, fucking weird. Clown. Oh, so you you wore it casually? Oh yeah, yeah, I wore it all the time. Oh, that's so strange. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know why I don't remember that. All right, well, we all know how much you love ranking lists, so this week, Ben, I want you to join me in creating one. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's yeah. see what I can do. All right, I'm going to give you a topic, Ben, and it's up to you to give us the top five um, answers or pieces of advice in this case. So we are going to make a ranking list on, kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but the top five most important survival tips coming from Mr. Eagle Scout himself. So let's count it off. Give me one. Okay, well, I mean, I could tell you like the top five things that I would, that you should always have on you i mean or, or i could tell you some things you should always have on you maybe that's number one okay like, yeah what, what are you looking for here i was looking for like a kind of like what we were talking about earlier being in a situation where you need to survive where you have to count on your wits and your knowledge to survive i don't know being out in desolation or general keeping yourself from dying boy scout style all right well um you should always always have a knife Always have a knife. Like always. Like not just like if you're going out into the woods, make sure you bring a knife. Like you should always have a knife on you. They're they're always useful. I usually have two knives on me at all times. Yeah. Just in case you need them in both hands. Yep. I've got two knives on me right now. Oh, yeah? Yep. Just in case. You never know. (laughs) Like I'm super handy. So always have a knife on you. It's it's just a super useful tool. Also, if you're going to be going out into the woods, I mean, I just, you know, also have rope. Um, Rope is infinitely handy for lashing things together making shelter climbing down something carrying something dragging something you can you come up with all kinds of use for rope uh and uh, some way to make fire your priorities of what you need to live would be uh shelter water food and uh those are the big ones mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have those things you're probably going to be okay for at least a little while 
Um, like a tarp is always a nice thing to have. Like those little emergency blankets you always you would carry those when you would camp as a kid. Yeah, the little like uh, the ones that can fold up fold to the up. size of your wallet. Tiny thing, yeah, yeah, super handy to have as some way to to filter water. So, how many are we at right now? I don't know. I'm just listing things that you should have on you. Oh, like, okay. like, but always have a knife is really number number one. <laughs> All right. Always have a knife. <laughs> number one, always have a knife. Number two, maybe uh, know how to start a fire. Like okay. if you don't know how to start a fire, learn how to start a fire. You know, get, get if you can get some sort of ember or small burning on like some tinder and then build on top of it and make sure your fire has oxygen. And what is tinder? Because some listeners may just think that you're talking about Getting an ember yeah. on a fuck website. Yeah, not an app on your phone. That will probably not do you as much good. Though, if you have if you have your phone, and that's the thing you've brought with you, and it's probably got a lithium-ion battery, and you can punch a hole in it, it will catch on fire. <laughs> so uh, it is a fire-making device if uh, push comes to shove. Yeah. But no, if you get uh, like shave, wood shavings, um, leaves and like pine needles are terrible tinder. Be- oh really? Because they smoke too much, and oh, they'll okay. choke out. They'll, they can choke out the fire. Because uh, your three main components to starting a fire is fuel, oxygen, and heat, and you need all three of those to have a successful fire. And so the the best way to you know get a small thing of you know small branches, wood shavings, whatever you, you know, small shit that you can to get a small fire started, blow on it to get some oxygen on there, and then just slowly put larger and larger stuff on it. My preference, I don't like doing TP fires as much as like the log cabin style yeah. where you lay two logs down and then two logs over the top because it stacks better. The TP always wants to fall over once it starts burning. It's hard to keep that going and keep stacking shit on it. Yeah. A small TP is not bad for, you know, if you got real small sticks in the middle and then you can build a log cabin around it with bigger, bigger chunks of wood, logs and shit. All right. Number two was learn how to start a fire. Fire. What's number three? Uh, number three... So this is for just general survival tips. Yeah. Let's see. Like stuff you stuff you won't see or hear, you know, it, if you're living in the middle of a city. Like something that Boy Scouts could teach you. Something that I should oh. have learned in Boy Scouts but didn't. N- know how to read and orient a map. Okay. Know how to navigate. I mean, that, that that was one of the really valuable things that I learned in scouting is navigation. And being able to look at a map and figure out where you are on said map mm-hmm. and which direction you need to go to get to the thing you're trying to get to. And then I guess I got to come up with two more here, huh? Yeah, we could do a top three if you want. Um, no, I'm sure there's some more. I just got to think about it. I'm on the spot here. Um, <laughs> anything in regards to uh, food? Like like uh, anything? Well, I guess I guess you already you already taught us a good thing about fishing. Take food where you can get it. You can't be picky. If you're surviving in the woods, uh, you know, you may have to eat bugs. Yeah. Deal with it. It doesn't have to taste good. It just has to have calories <laughs> and not be poisonous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being willing to, I mean, knowing how to kill skin and eat something is is handy. Yeah. Like if you've never gutted a fish, at least it's essentially the same thing. You could do that with a squirrel. Or if you're like our buddy Zach, who loves to fish, but refuses to gut and clean a fish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but you know, there's not much to that. I guess one tip, I guess that a lot of people may not know, like if you're gutting and cleaning a fish or an animal, try not to pierce any of the organs, cut shallow through the skin and then kind of scoop everything out of there. 
Okay. Don't, you know, don't jam a big freaking Bowie knife into the gut of something and, and cut through it because you're probably going to cut its bowels and release all kinds of bacteria and shit that are in there Ooh. onto the food that you're going to be eating. So, uh, yeah, try not to pierce organs when you're gutting something. Okay. Um, and number five. And number five, uh, I mean, I think I'll go back to what I said earlier. If you're out in the woods and you don't know where you are, find water for survival, first of all. Um, you can boil it if you have the means to do so. Um, you could cut it with your knife. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's super effective. Um, you can, you know, you just got to be careful about what you drink because it can make you sick. Yeah, like it, you, you always want to want to find like running water, correct? Oh, definitely. Especially if it, if it's definitely like running water. over some it, like shallow water, running over some rocks or something. Like, a, a swifter, the better. Yeah, uh, you don't want stagnant water is is not good. Uh, but even running water, I mean, there could be a dead deer, you know, half a mile up the stream. Yeah, decomposing into the river, and uh, you, that could be a problem for you. But generally, like if you don't have any way to filter the water and you don't have any way to boil the water, still drink the water if you can find running water. Don't drink like pond water. Yeah. That's not good. Um, I mean, if you're going to die, then maybe drink it. But if you get diarrhea, it'll dehydrate you so fast. Yeah. Um, an anecdote, when we were up at a summer camp at Camp Wolfboro, um, the, they had this nice creek running right behind our campsite. And me and some of the other boys, we drank uh, we drank, drank straight out of the creek the entire time we were there. The water was great. It was clean. It was delicious. Everyone else got Giardia Ooh. because the, the actual running tap water at the camp got contaminated somehow. So all the people <laughs> that drank tap water got Giardia and we did not because we were drinking from the creek the whole time. Awesome. <laughs> But, um, you know, if you're going out into the woods, bring a, bring a water filter or something. One of those little pump water filters that go through the little carbon filters. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're super light, super small and compact. And you have, you know, all you have to do is find water and you can make it drinkable. It's iodine tablets do the same thing, but they make your water taste like iodine, Ew. which isn't so good. But, uh, yeah, find water and drink water. And, uh, like I said earlier, if you find like a river, just follow it downstream. You'll probably run into people. Yeah. People like water. Uh, it, it, you know, it'll eventually run into the ocean. You know, unless you're at the headwaters of the Mississippi, you might not make it that far. <laughs> but civilization occurs near water. Yes. So find water and follow it to find civilization. As as Princess Katana called it in the uh, Mortal Kombat movie, it's the element which brings life. Water. I'll use water. <laughs> so, yeah, that's five. Yeah, it is. There's we did it. There's probably two or three better ones, but those are the ones that came to the top, top of my mind. Hey, yeah. Fuck those other ones. You're the expert. Making me do a ranking list. <laughs> well, it's not a ranking. It was just a list. That, that is by no means in order of importance. Oh. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Put them, on, put them in order of importance. Water is number one. Yeah. Uh, water is definitely number one. I would probably go with knowing how to make a fire okay. after that. And having a knife is also super important. Okay. It makes it a lot easier to make a fire. Uh, what were the other ones? I don't know. Oh, gutting something? That would be the last one. Yeah. You probably, you probably don't need to even fuck with that most of the time. Yeah. If you can make fire, like, you you know, you can, you can sanitize shit. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could, yeah. You could just char that shit until all the feces are dry at least. And, oh, and the then, bacteria is dead. And then the map one. Oh, that one's super important too. But yeah, surviving is more important than knowing where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. You can't so get somewhere. Number, yeah. That'd be number four. Yeah. If, if you can't, 
survive, then getting somewhere is kind of out of the question. Yeah, especially if it's farther than a few miles. That said, though, if, you know, you could be two miles from civilization and head the complete opposite direction because you don't know how to read a map and die because of that. So they're all important. Well, you made a ranking list. Ha ha. So how about some final thoughts? Let's wrap this up. I mean, scouting, I think, I think it's a great program. I've got mixed feelings about the, you know, the recent change where they're letting girls in. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's great because it's, it is a fantastic program. Like when it's, when it is run correctly and well, and with a, with a lot of good parental involvement, it is great. It teaches your kids a lot of good values. They get to have a lot of really awesome experiences and, you know, they get to learn all this stuff and have fun and and i think it just it helps people grow as people and be better the downside of that is i really liked boy scouts because it was a good safe place where boys could be boys and i don't mean that in the you know oh they're fighting boys can be boys kind of thing but you know you could go out on a campfire and everyone can you know fart and make dirty jokes and do boy stuff yeah that uh, is going to fucking sexist. It's going to be different with girls there. And there's going to, there's going to be fraternization at some point along the line there. Um, like you generally don't have to worry about a bunch of boys making out. Um, I mean, you probably What's do. What's wrong with there. that? I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but <laughs> there's uh, it's going to be, it, it's going to change the experience. And I don't know if it's going to be for the better or for the worse or not matter at all. I don't know. It'll be for the better for the girls because they get to do awesome shit yeah, now. Absolutely. But, you know, I think a, a safe place for for boys to learn how to be men from other men without the the shadow of having females around. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't mean that in, in a derogatory way towards them at all, but I mean, bo- young boys, especially prepubescent and right at pubescent boys make very different decisions and act very differently in front of girls than they do when they're on their own. And, and shit, they do that in their thirties. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They, men do that as well. (laughs) That is correct. And, uh, and, and I, I kind of fear that the, the, the boys are losing a safe place to do that. Yeah. Cause they already have that at school and at almost every other aspect of their life where it's pretty well integrated. Yeah. You know, And, and I think the same goes for girls too, where, They've got all kinds of pressures on them as well. Like, you know, hanging around boys has got to change their experience. I don't have any of that firsthand, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I can only imagine that they're free to do th- They feel more free to do things and say things and, and be the way they want to be around other girls than when they're surrounded by a bunch of horny pubescent boys. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like it almost seems like it would be super irritating for a girl in Boy Scouts it's just, like, just always getting bugged by de- i mean un- unless unless she's just flattered yeah, well, and it may not even be that i mean it, i mean i went to school kids can be dicks especially at that age you know th- like the prime boy scout years is the years when boys and girls are figuring out how to deal with each other and going from cooties gross to let's touch tongues <laughs> Yeah, let's touch. Let, let's let's put our mouths together and touch tongues. Like it's a, it's a huge transition from one to the other, and so there's bound to be some awkwardness in there. And I think losing that safe place for boys to be boys and girls to be girls could be detrimental. Yeah, 
Fair enough. And I think it'll change the experience. But I think regardless, the program has a lot to offer anyway, you know, outside of that portion of it. But, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of boys out there that don't have strong male role models, too, that, that scouting is a great place for that. And, um, you know, I, I just don't know if that's going to change. Time will tell. Yeah. It'll, I, be, it'll be interesting to see how it will change and if there's ever any, any backlash to it. I mean, eventually, the unfortunate reality of it is eventually, and probably not that long in the future, there's going to be a scouting-related sexual assault. Oh, absolutely. It's going to happen, and it's going to tarnish the program, and it's, it's going to be bad. Like a, like a Catholic church sort of yeah. stigma that carries out of it. And, and hopefully, you know, I mean, the, the program is super don't let that happen, but it's going to happen, and it's... You know, and it's gonna it happens everywhere. It happens at schools. You know, it happens anywhere that people are, the, <laughs> where that can happen. I mean, I hate for that to happen in the organization. Yeah. Wow, that's a real downer note to end on. Thanks for that final thought. <laughs> I mean, well, so outside of all that, I, I want to make it important <laughs> that, like, I, I really think the program's got a lot of value. I would highly recommend anybody that has kids that seem like they might be interested in it to let them do it and get involved. Yeah. You have to be the minority if you want to be the kind of parent that just drops their kids off and hopes they have a good time and goes and does something else. If, uh, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. As long as you're one of the few people, you're like, you're not the normal, the norm for the troop. If, if that's the norm for the troop you're in, you're not going to have a great time because it requires good adult participation. Yeah. So do that. <laughs> well, as far as final thoughts go, camping's fun. Join the yeah. Boy Scouts and do it. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I don't know what other organization, like what what else can you, other than doing it yourself, I, I can't think of any other organizations where you can sign your kids up and they just take them camping. Yeah. Junior Campers of America. The Indian Guides. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, they're still around, right? Well, thank you very much, folks, for coming on this trek into the wilderness of uh, Boy Scouts of America with us. If you want to let us know how we did today, email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can go to the Facebook page, Geeksploration the Podcast, and join up and have some conversations with us. Get some easy links to download episodes if you haven't already. We are on Instagram at Geeksploration Podcast and Twitter at Geeksplore Pod. And if you enjoyed the show, please go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a five neckerchief review. We really appreciate that. You can also subscribe to us at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You'll get notified when new episodes drop. Our theme song is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Hey, you remembered this time. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. And remember, be prepared.